Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Fires Talk Podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, a real, I think, fun and entertaining night on Thursday at the Wells Fargo Center for Flyers fans. The team routed the Wild 6-2. to two. A lot of positives across the board for the Flyers. Joe, if there was one player that stood out the most to you, who would it be and why? Well, in that game in particular, it's got to be Bobby Brink because – um, I think we were kind of all waiting for it and seeing that the skill was there and we were kind of waiting for the, f- I guess, the floodgates to open mm-hmm. with the goal scoring, you could say. And that did that definitely happened um, in that game. And um, hopefully it's a sign of more things to come. But I, I would say he's been one of the most notable players in all of their games this season, I think. One one of their most noticeable players and notable. Um, so... You know, the Flyers couldn't – they have to be just kind of as happy as could be with what they're seeing from from Brink at this point um, and really providing some some of that – you know, we talked about this before on this podcast. It's okay to just have guys that score goals sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it seemed – I mean, he, not saying that's all he does, but that's his primary thing is offense and goal scoring and – I don't see how the Flyers could be any happier with what they've seen from Brink so far. You notice him every game. Every game he's creating chances. He's making things happen offensively. You can't always say that about certain guys. Sometimes guys just blend in. You don't see them from a scoring standpoint. He's been noticeable every game, even when he's not scoring. And I think he finally got rewarded last night, Joe, with the two goals. His The first one was his first in the NHL. And, yeah, what a story. I mean, uh, he's not even on the radar last year because of the injury to his hip. Uh, He had that surgery to repair a torn labrum in his hip during the offseason. It kind of happened later in the offseason. He doesn't play a game in the AHL until January. So everyone kind of forgets about him. Uh, He's a complete underdog in training camp, makes the roster, and now he looks like a guy that shouldn't come out of the lineup. Joe, would you agree? Uh, I don't think there's any chance he's coming out unless he falls off a cliff. No, I mean, how could you? And, you know, the other thing is, and and I'm not saying these two players are linked, but but they sort of are. And I'm talking about Brink and Morgan Frost. Um, one guy seizing an opportunity seemingly every chance he gets, and the other guy just not doing it, at least in the coaching staff's eyes. And that's what happens in this in this league. Um you know, Morgan Frost's place on this team seemed very solidified last season. You could say it seemed that way in the preseason. And then you have a guy come out like Brink and start the season the way he has, and all of a sudden 
nobody's even talking about Morgan Frost. And that's just what happens if you don't seize your opportunities. And right now, Brink is doing way more than just seizing an opportunity. He's, as we've talked about, been one of the more noticeable players on this team for this early stretch of games. Yeah, whether you agree with it or not, with Morgan Frost sitting the last five games, uh, John Tornarella apparently was not kidding when he said to the team before training camp that if you think you have a spot, don't get too comfortable and that this is going to be a land of opportunity. I mean, they're allowing some kids to play games, and if they win roles, they they stay in the lineup. And it's fair to say Bobby Brink is probably keeping Morgan Frost out of the lineup right now. Yeah, and, and think back to what Danny Briere even said a couple days before the season started. You know, we're going to do I'm, – and I'm not saying either of – like Morgan Frost a veteran. I mean, I don't think he's reached that status yet. But he said opening night was going to be treated different. But after opening night, you earn your playing time. So it's not as if this is just a John Tortorella message. This is a message all through the hierarchy of this team that this is how it's going to go. And even going back to last year, guys earned their playing time. Guy, and I and I bring up a guy like Noah Cates. We don't know how um, – we didn't know how much he was going to play last year. And he went out there and made himself a regular. And it seems like Brink is on the way to doing that. I don't think he has that sealed up just yet, um, but he's well on his way. Yeah, his spot's definitely far from permanent. I think the Flyers are going to keep a close eye on him. Just given he did have the hip last year – the hip injury. Uh, so, and he's, you know, he's five foot eight, he's 22. He's just getting his, this is, this is his first full crack in an NHL season. So I think they're going to keep a close eye on him physically and also uh, production wise too, and, and see how he does. Uh, I, I talked to him the other day and he, he's, you know, he's still living in a hotel. He, you know, he can't really seek full-time residence just yet, uh, but he's certainly earning his spot in the lineup every night. And I think he's going to have to, Again, he'll have to fall off, I think, to come out. I think he's playing that well that the coaching staff loves him and they want to give him more and more opportunities, so kudos to him. Joe, how about Travis Sanheim? I just think he's been excellent. I, I think he has answered the bell. Um, I thought after last offseason, all the trade talk, especially after the season he had last year, a disappointing year from him, start to finish, Yeah, his, his season could have gone one or two ways. He could have fallen off even further, or he could have – kind of accepted the challenge and the opportunity, and I, he's doing the latter. He's accepting the challenge, and I think he looks like an all-situation guy. He's really answering the bell. What have you thought? Yeah, um, so I think we talked about this on this podcast for the last two years about how we needed to see Travis Sanheim take the next step. What is the next step for him? A lot of talk about what that is, and so far it appears this is the answer that he's finally answering when will he take the next step, and the answer's right now. Um, you know, we've seen it, like you said, all situations. We've seen him on the power play. We've seen him creating offense at even, uh, you know, at five-on-five. Five. Penalty kills, everything. He seems to be there and playing solid all over the ice. Um, and this is a guy that we really haven't seen that from him prior to now. And it's almost um, – he got the big contract, had a disappointing year, and now it's almost like he's taking responsibility for the contract in a way. You you, you know, 
when you get a contract like that, you're here for the long haul. You, there's some responsibility that comes with that. And I feel like he's kind of taken that responsibility and, and owned up to it, you know, um, with his play so far. So uh, let's hope it continues. Um, but he's not – remember a few years ago we talked about that young guy label and how he needed to shed the young guy label. I don't. I think he had already shed that label, but when you think about a guy, and we're talking about maintaining the um, consistency and and playing um, the way he started the season and kind of making it last, he's he's a veteran player now. So I think I have less concern about him falling off as opposed to a guy that would be a little younger or maybe like Travis was two, three years ago. I don't have that much concern about him being consistent now with uh, his experience in this league. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sanheim Joe really had motivation from all angles this offseason. One, he had a healthy offseason. He he mentioned the offseason prior to last year. He actually fractured his foot playing at the World Championship. Uh, and that wiped out his June in the offseason. And he said he was healthy and ready to go for the year. But I think it's fair to say that probably impacted his summer of training. And then secondly, he had the year prior where he, uh, the season where he wasn't very good and um, obviously disappointed and after, especially after signing the contract extension. And then thirdly, the Flyers traded Ivan Provorov in June and they buy out Tony D'Angelo later in the offseason. So I think he saw opportunity as well. I think he saw probably the most opportunity he had ever seen in a Flyers jersey. So I thought his offseason was just fueled by motivation uh, from all angles, and I think you're seeing what happens. Uh, you know, when a player gets that motivation and that opportunity, uh, you see a really good player kind of take off. Well, and here's the other thing. There was a lot of talk this offseason about how I don't know how this Flyers defense is going to be. A lot of unknowns. Cam York is a young player. We don't know what to expect from him. Who's the second pair? Injuries, veterans on the back end. And nobody talked about Sanheim as a known quantity, let's say. And I think he kind of said, hey, guys, I'm here. I'm here still, and I'm ready to go. And I think a lot of the reason the Flyers' defense has been so good early in the season is that Sanheim is a different player than he was last year. I mean, I'm just thinking back to the games. If you remember the game at the Garden, it was Sanheim and I believe Yandel were both a minus six two seasons ago. That's just like a totally – that might as well have been 10 years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. He looks like a totally different player, and I feel like he's kind of taken the defense court on his back and said, no, we're, we're not going to be the unit on this team that everybody doubts. And if you look at it, I mean, you're seeing the defense play well. Carter Hart is in an amazing stretch, um, one of the better ones in his career. And I think Sanheim is a huge part of – overall how successful they've been on defense absolutely and I, when i said year prior i meant last season um the offseason prior to last year he had the injury and then obviously mm -hmm. last season he was just very disappointing 
Uh, and there's probably some other factors to that. Uh, but really, yeah, opportunity, I think, was there for him. He saw it this offseason. He heard the trade buzz. He knew about it. Uh, but he's still a flyer. And Joe, entering Friday, he was leading the NHL in minutes per game. I knew he'd be playing more minutes. I didn't think he'd be playing this many this early. Uh, and he's been really good. It's like it hasn't overwhelmed him. He's actually performed better with the minutes. Um, impressive stuff. Joe, if, if I could bring up one more guy that's really, I mean, yeah. and this is not, this is an obvious one, but Travis Konechny, he comes off a year last year where he's on pace for a career year, gets hurt, misses games. Numbers wise, it was still a career year. And he comes out of the gates this season and he's just the spark every night for this team. Um, opens the scoring last night. Six goal, six goals already, right? Yeah, six goals already. Um, and it's, I don't, th- I think there's less of the things that the negative things you're noticing of him on the ice, the things where he ends up draw- getting a penalty because he's doing something, you know, 50 feet from where the puck is, um, tied up, excuse me, with somebody. He's playing smart hockey, great offensive hockey, and he's being a leader for this team. He's kind of setting the mood for the team on a nightly basis, it seems. And when we talked to him in the pre, you know, on media day, his demeanor seemed different. It seemed very calm and very, um, almost like the things we were talking about, career years and so forth, were just a, he just expected it to happen. Not that, you know, it was going to take anything outlandish or surprising for that to happen, that it was just going to happen. And um, I actually think I heard on the broadcast on the radio last night, uh, Tim Saunders and Todd Fedorik talking about how his life is in a different spot now. Yeah. He has two kids. He's married. He's He's settled. And it's just about the hockey now. And I think maybe there's something to that because he totally – he the, this year and last year, injury aside, he looks like the player that everyone talked about that he was going to be in his younger years. And I you can't be anything but impressed. It's so funny you mentioned about him being settled. I, that was a thought in my head as you were mentioning Konechny. Uh, he's a father of two now. He just seems – more mature and more at peace with playing the game and maybe not being bothered by outside noise or anything like that. Um, Right. And this is a guy that's been involved in trade rumors too. You mentioned Sanheim. This is another guy who over the last few years has been not, maybe not as seriously as the Sanheim ones, but he's been involved in discussions about trades and what the flyers could get for him. And maybe he's saying, you know, you guys want to trade me, look what I can do kind of thing. Yeah, he's definitely going to make the Flyers um, have to make a tough decision. If it ever gets to that point, uh, it's it's becoming a tough decision because he's not old by any means and he's peaking. I mean, he is getting better and better. Uh, it's impressive stuff from Konechny. Joe, do you think it's fair to have cautious optimism if you're a Flyers fan? I think that's the perfect way in my mind to put it. 
If you're a Flyers fan, cautious optimism. I say cautious because we've seen these starts before. I think back to 2021-22, they started 5-2-1. Right now, the Flyers are 4-2-1. That year, they started 5-2-1, and things went totally awry. They finished with 57 losses. Couturier got hurt. Drew was eventually traded. Um, So things can change. But I think it's fair to understand that this is a different era. There's new management. There's new leadership. John Tortorella is in year two. You're seeing some younger players, and you're seeing some better health. Uh, so where do you see it right now? Do you see it as a hot start, or are you starting to think this could be something? Well, I, I think cautious optimism is perfect. And the other thing I will say that is this. Last year it was like there was a lot of this, like, who's going to buy in and who isn't. There's less of that this year because I think they kind of filtered out the who's not going to buy in part. So this is kind of your core building. This is your uh, this is a crucial year and a crucial step forward for this team. So I think that's why you're seeing more cohesiveness and solid play. I mean, they the first two periods against Vegas the other night were two of their best periods of the season fell apart in the third period. And I think this is why. When you bring up cautious optimism, I think about third period Vegas. At some point when you're playing a good team, talent deficiency is going to become an issue with this team. It just is. They don't have as much talent as some of these teams they're playing. Vegas was an undefeated team coming in, and they actually still are. And uh, they won the Stanley Cup last year. There's going to be a gap talent-wise, and it showed up in the third period. So. I think that's why that's the perfect example of cautious optimism. Optimism, first two periods. Cautious, third period. Yeah, That's a game that basically gives you the full scale of what this Flyers team is. And it's good to see them be competitive in those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people looked at that little mini two-game road trip against the Stars and Golden Knights and thought, wow, like this maybe could get out of hand. Uh, but it didn't. Uh, they had a young back end. Uh, they got a point in Dallas. Uh, they had the defending champion Golden Knights on the on the ropes. So some positives there. I think there's positives to being in these games and getting young players to see these moments and learn through failure or success. Uh, all positives there. But yeah, I think uh, cautious optim- optimism is fair. You can see seasons change through months. Um, and also, I think you see the Flyers play well early sometimes because there hasn't been expectations. And sometimes it's easy to start the season when you feel like people are doubting you and there's no real expectations. It's just, hey, go out there, improve yourself, win a job. I think you're seeing some of the results there of that. Uh, There's not much outside expectation. Um, But the games will get tougher and things will ramp up and uh, we'll see where this Flyers team goes. But Yeah, and that was a consistent message on media day. Everybody was, yeah, we're going to use this as motivation. Yeah, rate us at the bottom of the league. Show us at the bottom of the standings. Show us at the, the you know the worst projections. And we'll show you what we do in the ice. I mean, to a man, everybody that we talked to that day had the same outlook about those sort of things. And I think what you're seeing is the early season, that's when that stuff is going to show itself the most. And I don't think the Flyers really have a reputation yet. And I think they're starting to build one. I think some of the teams they faced are like, wow, you know, the Flyers are playing hard. They will play hard and they're going to be a dogfight through three periods. Uh, and you really have to you have to match their energy um, because talent might not be enough to beat them. You need to match their energy too. And the more the, you know, opponents get to know the Flyers, 
perhaps the games get tougher. Um, yeah, and and it's and it, the other thing too is like maybe a team like Vegas takes them light. The Flyers jump on them early. Dallas gets up a couple goals and they decide to take the foot off their gas because maybe you know Dallas only plays the Flyers twice a year, and they're probably thinking, okay, Flyers last year they went away and hit you know get down a couple goals and they just kind of curl up in the corner and take a huge loss. This is not that team anymore. And it took, I think, both of those teams by surprise a little bit. At different periods in both of those games that ended up being losses, but positive takeaways for a Flyers team. Yeah. And, Joe, one last thing I'll hit on, too, and I'll get, get your thoughts on it. I think a key thing the Flyers are doing is they're playing well at home. And I think that's important because they're very much in a phase where – you know, the fans that they get at games, they, they they need to be convinced to come back. I think that's the reality. And they have dominated through three games. They've been fun to watch. They're defensively sound. They're opportunistic offensively. They've outscored opponents 12-3. to three. I think they've been fun to watch at home, and I think that's been important. If they play poorly on the road or if they get blown out a couple times, I don't think that's the end of the world. But if they give consistent effort at home, I think you get a chance to get fans back in the building and wanting to buy tickets again and come back. Do you get a sense of that, that the, they've played well at home, and that's a positive? Yeah, absolutely. And you sense a different buzz in the building. Yeah. There's a little more um, thirst, I'll say, to see this team. And you can tell when you're out there in the arena during these games. So, you know, that's obviously something that they want to keep consistent. Absolutely, Joe. And I know we had a couple games on uh, ESPN and ESPN Plus uh, for the Flyers, but they're back on air, uh, MB- our local air, NBC Sports Philadelphia on Saturday, and mo- plenty more games coming up. Joe Fordyce, our pre- and post-game live producer, will have all the coverage. Saturday, 1 o'clock, uh, pre-game live, Joe, 1230, correct? Correct. Awesome. Can't wait to watch. Can't wait to see it. Joe, thank you so much as always. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. We'll have plenty more coming up on the Flyers Talk podcast next week. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.